Important note before we get into this conversation with Kyle Starks, the book that we primarily talked about is Pine and Merrimack, which is coming out from Boom Studios in January. We mentioned the release date quite a bit in this conversation, but we don't mention the FOC date. Quite honestly, Joe and I didn't ask about it. We thought it had passed us by, but it is on December 11th. So make sure you let your local comic shop know that you want to order that also, at the end of this conversation, there will be another note for you all to check out. Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. So, Joe, I'm going to set the line at 31 and a half. And that's 31 and a half minutes for how much we're going to talk comics in this episode. Assuming that we go for an hour, because I'm thinking that at least... 29 minutes we're going to be talking about basketball with our guest oh, today. Hell yeah. And not only are we talking Celtics basketball, because I guess the Celtics fan, uh, but every other joker in the NBA, they're going to, they're going to get theirs. Right. And we're, we're going <laughs> to let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we talking to today, Joe? Excuse me. So today we have the pleasure of introducing to TLDR for the first time, Kyle Starks, who I must say, I am now a proud member of the sticker of the month club. Hey, all right. Yeah, look at that. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's always exciting to be here in my murder basement. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's where the inspiration for Where Monsters Lie gets to. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead yeah, of yeah. myself. Um, but I do. We obviously, uh, Where Monsters Lie, I talked about in the show recently. Joe and I have talked oh, about I, I Hate This Place quite a bit, also known as Fuck This Place. Uh, Peacemakers Tries Hard, which you corrected me at one point. And I thought it was a three-issue miniseries at Black Label. It was actually six, which was outstanding. Again, oh, we'll yeah, get to that, that later. Yes, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> now you remember. Now you know the idiot that you said yes to to come on a show. Um, but today... We are talking about Pine and Merrimack, which is your first title with Boom Studios, correct? That is correct. And yeah. the art by on this series is by Fran Gallen, who is also doing the coloring for it as well, right? Yeah, he's a. I mean, I'm gonna talk. I talk about. He's so good. He's. I. I that's not hyperbole. I. I've been saying a lot. Maybe. I, maybe Fran is one of I think that dude in a couple of years, he's gonna be a guy that everyone's talking about. I. I think he's so close to making a step to being a huge name. Someone's going to steal him from me after this book. Um, <laughs> like he's be, he'll be on the next like Mark Millar book. And you'll be like, gosh, that's, wasn't he with Starks? And you're like, yeah, yeah, he was. Well, you know what? We're, um, we had, uh, we've had Colin Bunn on the show a few times and he was the artist on Lucky Devil. He, yeah. Yeah. Which we he, loved. Colin also is really good at finding artists to be stolen away from him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, well that means that you're going to get the next good ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it right now, and I got to say, you know, and this is, I mean, the art in this book is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but I didn't say this on the show when we talked, uh, we were talking about Nicholas, but um, it's very Dan Mora esque, mm. is the France art. I love it. It's, it's, it's fucking stunning. Pardon my French. Yeah, but I, uh, I think he's unbelievable. Yeah. And he, the paint, he paint, he wasn't going to paint this one, but then he did. Um, Fran did my creep show, my creep show store, which we, we got an Eisner nomination for. Not me and Fran, the whole book did, but. We did, so we met, we did a book before this and I was like, man, he's so good. Um, and then he wanted to work again. So hopefully, like, hopefully this is the first of many because I really like him. Um, his choices are really good. Uh, it's just different. And it has like, it just feels different. And I love it. I, I'm really hoping people, if, if anything, try the book just for the great art. And then I'll trap them with my moderate storytelling. 
when I found out about the <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, for those wondering, I do want to mention that this is coming out on January third. Of course, again from Boom. Um, but when I saw the announcement for this, I was like, okay, another Kyle Starks book. Very interested, especially after reading uh, Where Monsters Lie and Peacemaker Trichart specifically. Um, yeah, awesome. And I saw the art, and it jumped out at me. I was like, wow, yeah, this looks. This looks pretty damn cool. It's in a detective score. And the synopsis for those who are curious, you know, maybe haven't put it on their pull list yet. Uh, on the corner of Pine and Merrimack sits a small, unassuming town. Just a simple place, simple people, and one horrifying secret that could change everything. I'm just going to leave it there. There's a lot more to the synopsis, but we'll just leave it right there. If that doesn't bring you in enough, then, you know, we're going to ask Kyle some questions for you guys. Um, yeah. first, first things first. Like before we talk about the story stuff, I know we already talked about the art a little bit, but how did you come to the title of Pine and Merrimack? Yeah, listen. So here's let me. Here's the thing with Pine and Merrimack. So when Boom Boom was like, "We want to do a book with you," and I don't remember if they because the editor, my editor is John Moisen, who is my editor on every book at Skybound, including I Hate This Place, um, for the first half, and then Alex Anton did the rest. But I've done. This is like our fifth project together. And I don't recall if they said we would like something like I Hate This Place or... Anyway, I Hate This Place is very much... I wanted to do more of people happily in love in danger. Hmm. And the sort of... The the plot is five issues, right? It's not... I mean, like, it's a slow burn. There's a lot of little things that I was like, this will be a tough one, but the story will be great. And once... The the trade will be amazing, right? The, The journey will be very nice. The trade will be amazing. But I think... I always think eventually it'll be a trade. Um, and so I've had this sort of story, the sort of five issue story in my head for a while and thinking of it in terms of like, I want to do another book about people who are happily married because I think that should be represented. I think there's a, I think a lot of things should be represented in media, uh, people of color, uh, LGBTQ plus. I think a lot of things should be represented. But I also think people being happily married to each other should be represented because it's not. And I like it. I like the, I am all my stories are not not all but there's very often like a friendship or a family how far will you go for family what will you do for family I love that because I have a family and that's something I think about a lot and um, I like to do things that I think people can relate to and I think loving someone and wanting them to be safe despite the circumstances or you might find yourself I think is something that's really engaging so a lot of that was the inspiration is that I wanted to sort of make a spiritual successor to I hate this place um, but I also knew two things I knew one it's kind of slow burn how do you what's going to be on the cover of the first issue i'm like i'm glad i'm not the artist because what i don't know what you you can't give anything away right and my whole thing with this book is that each issue escalates so basically the end of issue one i can say stuff i can spoil all i want guys of course they they take a missing girl case the next issue you'll find it's more than a missing girl case and then the one after that it's more than what it was it escalates and to me that's really that's a really exciting format how do you advertise that? It's tough. So the cover, I actually had a retailer be like, I sent them the book and they're like, I really like this. It's great. The cover doesn't do anything. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know it sucks. And in the same regard, why did I call it Pine and Merrimack? I don't know. I thought it sounded, <laughs> I thought it sounded really good. Like in my it head, does. I'm, like, I'm like, Pine and Merrimack. It, 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 here's the, there's two, there's, I mean, there's a second part to that. One, it's like, um, I like the idea and in modern comics, it's you shouldn't do this. But I like the idea that if I do this again, it'll be called the deadly doorstep of a Pine and Merrimack mystery. You know what I mean? I really like that. Um, will there be more? It depends on how well it sells. But I like the idea of there being 
a pine and Merrimack, blah, 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 a pine and Merrimack mystery. Um, I think it sounds, I think it has a nice rhythm to it. I think it sounds good. Um, there's a bit in the book where someone almost immediately asks them which one's pine and which one's Merrimack, because I think that's a, it's a reasonable sort of assumption about a detective book. And they're like, that's just, I, I like the bit of that. Oh, um, we loved it. Joe, I mean, Joe, it, you laughed out loud at that, right? Yeah, because it was like Rizzoli and Isles or Franklin and Bash. Yeah. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like I, I like sort of the bit of that, and mysteries mystery books usually like a sort of pulp mystery ongoing. They have sort of things they you know like I didn't I didn't realize I thought you'd be taller than that you know like and right. uh, so far so I, I like the idea of that bit and there's a lot of things that it's fine. And I'm like I like how it sounds like I like Pine and Merrimack because it one you want books to ask a question or to make the reader ask a question, and so like I hate this place is an obvious one. It's a great title. Um, I think Where Monsters Lie is a great title. Um, I think Marvel Unleashed is a great title, and I didn't come up with that one, but it's a good one. You're like, what? It's animals. They're unleashed. I get it. Hmm. What are they unleashed? What are they doing? And so it, I, in my head, I go, it asks the question of, what is this? But I don't think that's good marketing. I think that's maybe <laughs> bad, bad marketing. And my friend Matt Kent does not like that title and has said every time he's like, I don't like that title. And I'm like, I think it's memorable because it, it doesn't fit with modern comics. Like It, it doesn't feel like a, like a sales line, um, and I yeah. like that. So it is like it's a slow burn. It's gonna be kind of hard to sell, but and I, I I pity I pity Boom in that way because all I can do is come up with good stories and good characters and tell something that I think people will enjoy consuming. I can't. I'm not always thinking like, well, here's how you sell. It. Like this is the I'm, let me do this so I get the most eyes on it or whatever. Um, sometimes you just want to tell a good story. And and when Fran came on, I was like, it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good story. I think that first issue is a banger. Yes. And so the whole thing for me is, which is true for my whole career in many ways, but especially for this book is that if I can get people to read that first issue, then I think they'll be in. I think they'll be in on this. And and that's well, true of everything I've written, but um, this one especially, uh, I think it's a really good first issue. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, because that's, that, that's what stuck out to me when reading this is that you have – you know, the way you introduce the story and the events that happen, and then it sort of it brings you to present day and you get sort of the motivations of the character and the types of cases she's willing to take and not willing to take. And then the way it ends and how it brings it full circle, you're like, fuck, I'm in. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you had mentioned something about like, oh, I could sort of like such and such a pine and Merrimack story. Like to me, this had that like, uh, there's a there's a an Irish writer, Tana French, and you know she writes these you know uh, Irish you know crime novels, and you know you get that a lot with writers, right? You know they they have a character and they write a shit ton of books about about them, right? Mm -hmm. This has that feel to it. Like you could you know you, we we've now got our main detective, and the and the team you know her and her husband, and he, you know I I could see this as a series of you know you know five issue you know short stories essentially yeah. you know revolving yeah, around I a different case. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I her, her, her husband's an ex MMA guy, so you sort of get like the physical spectacle you want to. I, just, I like, I like them. I, I think there's something really enjoyable about two people who sort of really enjoy each other playfully. Yeah. Sort of spending a lot of time together, and you're like, oh, also, a poor girl's missing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, like also they're doing this thing where they're having to deal with, but it, you know. I say for myself, and it's an advice. It's advice I try to give people when they ask me. It's like I always try to make the book that I want to read, and yeah. like this is exactly the type. I really like people who so, who love each other, who will do anything for each other. Um, I think it's a, it's something that is super endearing, but also it's such a dramatic thing when you're like, you're like, here comes so and so, 
um, which kind of happens in issue one, like that, that present issue one. Um, I love a tough guy action thing. So there, I get that with Parker through the whole, through, I'm going to have yeah. through the whole, through, through, for, for forever. Cause he's in, he, he's built in tough. Um, but I love that. Like we'll do anything, but also it's just like, I, and I did it with, I hate this place is, and I, I loved it. I loved like those characters, the way they just interact with each other is so endearing and fun. And like you, I like, I want to hang out with Gabby and Trudy. I want to be around while yeah. they're just talking about whatever thing they're talking about. And uh, I wanted to do that again for Linny and, uh, Linny and Parker. And I think it's there in that first issue. Um, and I think it's, I just wrapped up the second issue. I'm about to start the third one. I think it's in there too. The second issue, you know, is like kind of expository and that's never that much fun, but um, there's definitely some punching in there. Less, less human feces though. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But I think they're in the bar and, and the guy, you know, he starts to say a word and that's dot, dot, dot. He goes, don't you finish that word. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a specific, I showed my wife uh, a panel where again, he's putting on that act and she was like, she's like, uh, she replied, I said, I texted to her, even though she's in the next fucking room. And she replied with, sure. like, with, with heart emojis and absolutely loved it. It was like, is it yeah. the one where he says, he says my, I don't remember the exact quote, but he's like, my wife is a perfect angel set on this planet to be spoiled and beloved. Yeah. 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 Uh, it might've been, no, it was the machine one. The, the, um, no, it was the, Oh yeah, it was yeah. So sorry, that was all together. That was all together. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. it was that one. My bad. Yeah, I, but, I just I just reread it for like the the last lettering. Otherwise, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I just I just I just read it for the lettering pass, and I it, and you know when you, I I as like, why am I stuttering? As I've gotten older, my my desire to hold on to like movies and books and comics has just gone. Like I try not to retain them so I can sort of enjoy them every time again. You know. <laughs> And so that even applies to my work, which is maybe bad, but so like to go back through it, I go, Oh, I like, I, I really like that. I really like this. Um, and I got that from that first issue. I'm like, man, I was worried about it. Cause you're too close to everything creatively. Um, so you did see it finished. It's like, Oh, it's good. The first issue is good. Um, second issue isn't done yet. So I'm like, I don't know. I hope it's good. First <laughs> issue is really good. I was like, this is really good. This is exactly what they want the first issue to be. But, um, and I know boom's going real hard on, they're going to promote it really hard. The, we just got a trailer today. Oh hell yeah! Ooh, nice. it's a really nice trailer, and I know they're going in uh, on retailers. But it's like it's going to be a tough book to sell unless people can read it. It's going to need word of mouth. It's going to need retailers to at least check it out. Um, I sent it to a retailer, and he's like, "This is exactly." He's like, "This is my. This is exactly what I like. This is all the things I like." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's all the things people like. It's just packaging's hard sometimes when you just want to tell a story more than you want to sell a product." Um, yeah, this is going to be one of those books too. I think where if someone sees it on the rack and they pick it up and they look at that art, they're going to want to. I yeah, think they're going to want to so. grab it. I think Fran's so good. In fact, I, I even said like I don't think I could do this book sincerely with someone without a Fran. I mean, Fran is Fran carries all the parts that are the concerning parts. Like it's a little, it's it's not slow to me because I think it, I think it's paced like my regular books. But it, I mean, like basically, like third issue is when stuff like actually like starts to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like kind of a slow burn, even though, is there a fight every issue? Of course there is. Is there great fun dialogue? Yeah. Are there weird characters? Sure. Yeah. Is Jody the the army surplus guy in it? Yeah, we love him. <laughs> yes, yeah. I got it. Yeah, he, put, he put a little smile on my face. It was, he was great. Uh, I can't uh, can, can to these people and care to those people. Yeah. So it's a little <laughs> it's, it's a little slow to me, but Fran makes up for all of that. Like his his characters, his choreography, his emoting, it's so strong. I think it feels like 
if you were seeing it in a different media, it feels like if you were consuming the story in a different media. I can't say enough about him. I, I, he just, I think he's, his work is so additive and brilliant. So not yeah. to take away from what you're saying about Frank, because I agree his art is outstanding, but I think you're also underselling some of your dialogue a little bit in all this too. I mean that the the you know having a husband as an ex MMA fighter. Are you by the way? Are you like an MMA fan in any capacity? No, I just love I just love action movies. <laughs> so you're okay. always trying to figure out a different way to have someone dangerous in the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's smart um, in this instance because it's like it, it, this. This is a guy like MMA fighters. I mean, I'm Joe. You're not a UFC fan at all, right, Joe? Not that. Not that I know. No. Okay. No. So like, I I just know that they're like they bring a different le- skill of fighting, and they all can have their own unique thing. So that's why I was kind of yeah. curious. So it's just like it's a smart way to get it mixed in, and also like he can be kind of smart. But it seems like he's a little closer to a himbo, which in in but but not completely just adult. No, I don't think. Is he not? A I, you know, I I write a lot of lovable dummies. It's kind of one of kind of one of my things I go back to. I don't think Parker's dumb at all, but okay. I think I think Parker is, and I don't know how much is representative, but I think he only really cares about Linnea, primarily. She's his favorite clear. thing, and then probably beating people up, and anything after that is kind of like eh. It's fine, okay. but I think that I, I don't think he's dumb. But he he's he's not going to be the type of character whoever whoever is really going to go. Hey, look at this! I think this is this in a mystery book. You know what I mean? Like mm. he he is her like service dog. He's like her protection. And I I like. I, the, isn't it weird that there's not a mystery that doesn't? I think there's a couple that have done it in the past that I'm. But, but like, isn't it curious? Like like you don't you don't see that very often where you have like here's your very smart. Uh, people are going to be like Sherlock Holmes's guy did it, and I'm like, I don't know. I know he was in the military, but did he ever? Did he ever? Did he ever bust a triangle choke on anybody? I don't think he did. <laughs> I don't think Watson was out there, uh, you know, throwing roundhouse kicks. I could be wrong. Um, I like the idea of that too. That was the thing that's like because yeah. you love your you love your sort of mega cerebral, like really great detective. We love it. Um, but it's like, man, wouldn't it be great if they could say get away with whatever they wanted without fear mm-hmm. of physical repercussion? Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, this it's, is awesome. like, it's always just a lot of like, what do I want to read? What do I think would be interesting? How do I think it would play out? And I said these characters, I think exist because the story existed before them. Um, this again, the arc of this five issues existed, and they were once we sort of figured out to do it as, as like a spiritual follow up to I hate this place, vibe wise. Mm-hmm. It all clicked. I'm like, oh, this is the way. This works so good. This is exactly what it, it, it was. The missing part to this, like, good plot that I had. It was just a plot. It was nothing, right? Um, yeah. Well, that was that was that was a great aspect of fuck this place or I hate this place if that's how you want to you know title it. Uh, <laughs> but like the relationship between between the two of them, right? And 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 they're they're so you know passionate about each other. Their 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 bond is strong. And then you you have the that moment where. Okay, now they're separated, and one's gonna go literally to the ends of the earth, right? To to get yeah. back to and protect, right? I feel like we can get that same sort of thing here, you know. Just you know, you're reading enough comics, you know, as as tight a bond as as Parker and and Linnea have. I got a feeling at, at some point something's gonna happen to one of them, and that's just gonna again create some more. You great suspense and, and, and great oh. tension to what you know has already been a killer I can't series. Say, I can't Don't put anything. that evil on them, Joe. Don't do that. <laughs> I love these this couple. I got sucked in right away. They're awesome. You Nothing kidding? bad will happen to either one of them. Ever. Yes. It's just like everybody says about but Peter Parker. Everybody loses their fucking mind or that shit, apparently. 
so when uh, I don't want to say, but when Marvel Unleashed, like the first issue of Marvel Unleashed came out, I got I got so many so many messages like, "We love D Dog. Nothing bad better happen to D Dog." <laughs> and I was like, well, I was like, she'll she'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure Tom Taylor got the same thing with with uh, you know Batwing or whatever the dog when he introduced the dog in the, the Nightwing yeah. series. Right? Yeah, Bite that's yeah, 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 that's funny. <laughs> oh, so uh, you know. We've we've you know read a bunch of you know your books. Nick's talked about oh, you know Thank Peacemaker you. tries hard. We both read uh, you know I hate this place uh, uh, where monsters lie. Holy smokes! I I, I read Assassination Nation uh, a while. It was one of the books that I had read sort of when I got back into comics again. And so you've got this you know wild sort of collection of genres that that you've written. What made now like the time that you wanted to sort of write like a mystery sort of crime story man the thing is is, is this is like assassination is a mystery it's just a bad yeah. mystery um <laughs> it, it really is in fact i did assassination which is a bad mystery and i was like oh i want to do like a good mystery it good air quotes and so we did six sidekicks of trigger keaton which is a uh -huh. hollywood mystery mm -hmm. um and it is a, like that's an actual mystery and then um you know, I hate this place is kind of a mystery because I was like, I want people to, I, you do things you're like, I hope people are trying to figure out like, why is it like this? But with a horror thing, people just don't care, which is great. You just like, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Somehow zombies made it so you don't have to explain things anymore. People are just happy to be there. Um, right. So I like a mystery. And the thing is, it's funny <laughs> is that I like a mystery, but not really. Um, like my wife watches a lot of like PBS mysteries. And that, I know like I did assassinate or well, six seconds more is because I was seeing it all the time. Like, all these mysteries and you and whenever you whenever you can whenever i consume a lot of stuff there's a lot of me going how could this be better or how could i like this more you know like what if there was more dogs in it would it be better <laughs> um sometimes that's the answer um so i've been doing it for a while and it's kind of thing it's like i don't know if i've done a good one yet i think six sidekicks is really good i don't know if it's a good mystery per se um but i think like my interest sometimes in things just isn't the broader interest for that genre. So it's more like kind of me trying to do a better version of something to sort of get it right. Um, I know like I have an idea for a heist book and I was telling my peer, my best friend, Chris Schweitzer, who's like my virtual student mate. And he's like, oh, but the, the ending is the most important part. I was like, oh, I don't care about that at all. You know what I mean? So like mysteries <laughs> are the same. Like what's the solution? I kind of don't care. I kind of like them walking around and talking and being, mis you know what I mean? Like that's the fun part to me. And because of that, like maybe it's not a great mystery, but I like to think, and I, I think it's true, I say humbly, they're great journeys. Like yeah. all these books, whether or not at the end you go, I knew from the beginning, it's like, yeah, but did you still have fun, right? Like it's still like there's fun fights and there's a car chase and this and that. And and I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay. Um, I'm okay. Cause you know, it's like, uh, usually the ending is the good guy wins, right? Like it's not really, like it's not like really like, most movies you don't go wow they really got me with the ending there like i can't believe it worked out for everybody so i always think like the journey is really important and, and some people are really great at endings um i don't think i'm necessarily one of them i think this one i say not because we're talking about i think this book was one of my better endings because that's the story the, the story is about um the ending i hate this place i always knew what the ending was going to be i liked i worry it was going to make people mad um it did not. People liked it, which was really exciting for me because I thought people were like, time travel. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm getting better at endings. I think actually I'm getting better at endings. But this was story is really based, has always sort of been based on this build to this final moment, right? Um, um, uh, I got distracted. So why a mystery? I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, think, I think I've think i done several of them. But it just, it's like, the thing is, like, so 
I can't, I'm doing this book right now. I'm also doing like a not funny serial killer book. I do like true crime a lot. I feel like this sort of mystery, because this mystery will escalate in a way that it's kind of horror-ish. Um, it quits being a cozy murder mystery and sort of becomes something else. It's kind of true crimey though. You know what I mean? Like once you, yeah. like true crime, you go, what is it? Someone is gone. And then you go, okay, what happened? And I'm not saying this is my, but there's an escalation. You go, well, they were murdered. You're like, oh, that sucks. What happened? And then they're like, well, listen, there was a light bulb. And you go, what the fuck? I, like, so that's what it is. Like, it's an escalation of going, whoa, no, what? Like, why is it getting worse? Why is it getting worse? So it's kind of like that. Um, and that's just horror to me in many ways. So it's kind of, yeah. I like to combine genres. So I like it when things start to be one thing and they end a different way. There's all just a bunch of little stuff I like. Um, and this is more of the same to me, honestly. Mm. Uh, it's just another Kyle Starks book. It's a harder to sell one with a... <laughs> I disagree with that sentiment. I think the hard to sell is to be like, um, if I was Grant Morrison, you'd just read it. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, yeah, they'll like it or they won't like it. But you can't go, well, if you like Kyle Starks, you'll really like this book. Because I think that's true. I have a specific... I, I'm doing air quotes again. I have a specific voice. I'm different than a, most most comic writers. I have, you can tell if it's in my book, right? And it's like, well, mm -hmm. that's good. In, that's good for me, but maybe not everyone agrees. So it's like, I don't have that name where you go, if you, it's Kyle Starch, you should check it out. And you want that, especially for something like this, where people are well, like, that's oh, that's how this we feel. Interesting. Not, I mean, not, not, to, not, right not to blow smoke up your butt, but seriously, yeah. like, you know, we, we've read enough of your books now. Like, I see your name on a book. You know, I'm going to read it. You know, yeah, it's it, it, very kind, it, and that's what that's the that's what we're constantly trying to do, right? We're constantly trying to grow that. Yeah, um, and it's hard to do. It's hard, and especially in comics, it's hard to outside of coming and talking to people and trying to hype people up, and you know, it's hard to find new people unless something gets made into a movie, unless something gets adapted. Like it's really hard unless a store champions you. And there's so much stuff for if unless it, there's only their bandwidth is only so big, right? You can only sure. do so much. So I mean, we're constantly trying to build an audience. And I, there's, it's funny because my family can hear me and they make fun of me because they'll say the same thing back. But it's like, you know, like my, every story I tell for me specifically exists because I want someone to consume it. I want someone to read it and enjoy it and have some sort of reaction to it positive. But mm -hmm. maybe they're crying at the end of the book because something right. bad happens to a character. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I, but that, that journey, that got, we got there together. And, and I know I've said it, like, oh, it's like, like, yeah, more readers, more money. I'm like, I, I was doing this before anyone was, you know what I mean? Before there was money, I just want people to have, in, to be entertained and to be given a relief from their lives and to be entertained for just a minute. And so all you want is readers. And so, you know, what you guys are saying is it, it's so meaningful because that's all I want. I just want a lot of people, these stories weren't made for the void. They, I, I made them to be consumed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and some for myself, some of just so I have something to consume. I, sure. I don't think, I, I don't think I have anything I've done that I hate. And that's hard. I've been very lucky that I never had to do a book because I needed the money or because I felt like I had to do it for some reason. Or You know what I mean? I've never, I've been very lucky to date. Is that I have very few things that I go, ah, that could have been better. Um, very few things. And I, mm -hmm. I believe that. I think anything that's in a trade is great. It's really good. And there's something really great about it. And usually like every, you know, like um, Assassination, which you mentioned earlier, I would have said was my least favorite book of mine for years. And la over the pandemic, someone did a book club. And so they're like, do you want to come on? And I'm like, sure. I don't remember anything. So I had to reread the book in case they <laughs> asked me about a character. You know what I mean? And um, I was like, oh, no, it's pretty good. I don't know why I'm so hard. On and, I, and now it's like, oh, it's because edit the editorial experience was kind of bad. And this happened. Uh, I'm like, but no, but the, like, the story, I had to cut a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? In my head, I see the other version of it. But I'm like, no, it does everything I want to. It's a lot of fun. 
The characters are fun. I love it. So yeah. I, I'm very lucky that I have to, but I also think because you you start from nothing and become something, and I'm maybe something now because of Peacemaker, like maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe now I'm something, but you go from nothing to something and along that way, it's like, I've never had to make anything that I didn't want to exist. And I think that the problem is, the challenge I've always had is if I can get someone to read it, they'll like it. And I believe this. Mm-hmm. I say this, it's a generalization. Um, but I do think for the most part, if, you, if someone read my books, they'd be like, that was fun, that was good. At the very least, they were like, I was entertained for 30 minutes. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like for 30 minutes. And and I think that's true. But the challenge is you have to get someone to actually bother to open it up. It's always the challenge of that. So guys like you who are talking about me specifically and my work, because I do think it's uniform. They're all different genres. I mean, what, Sex Castle is an 80 action movie. Um, Old Head is a basketball horror comedy. You know, what is this? Like, I don't know. It's a it's it's a <laughs> horror comedy. We're not necessarily a horror comedy. The Brooklyn Nets? Obviously. Is that what it's about? The Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sort of no it's not um, but like, I mean I, I, I kind of bounce around genres because I, I love it but I guess they're all sort of action comedies always so I think comedy is a bad word um, in comics yeah, um, yeah so yeah. we don't even say it anymore I'm like don't say funny like don't say don't say it Where Monsters Lie which sold out it sold out at the distributed level the stores couldn't get it we never said funny once not one time did we say funny and so That's the thing is that people pick it up they're like look at this great horror comic and it is a good horror comedy because, like, oh, I love all these things, right? It, it's um, yeah. Puzzle Man it's like a menagerie of, yeah, it's like a menagerie of horror tropes. But you go, it's funny. But no, but if you said it was funny, people are like, I don't like to read funny comic books. It's like, I, don't, because you, I, I don't get that. I, I hear no, you. It, I don't understand. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Because I'm going to pick a, what's a fair number? 84% of the time, okay. 75% <laughs> of the time, if someone goes, hey, especially if it's big two, especially if it's a big two book, they're like, you should read this book. It's, it's really funny. It's not. It's just not funny huh. because it's hard. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to do comedy well. And that's not me saying like, oh, I'm so special. But like uh, Ryan Brown, Chip Zdarsky, John Allison. It's a small list of guys. Um, um, uh, oh, my gosh. Well, uh, the guy, I, man, I, I know uh, what Russell, this is like. Mark Russell. Mark oh, Russell. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a short list of guys. I mean, uh, guys, Evan Dorkin. There's guys. There's historically you can find guys. Uh, Giffen. I mean, obviously ripped a Giffen. Um, but it's hard to do well, and it's easy to do bad. It's and and sometimes that bad is like, well, it's more of a visual gag joke. It's like it's just not. It's not. It's not dense. It doesn't give you anything more than like, oh, I get it. Wonder Woman has boobs or whatever the joke <laughs> they do. And I think that's the problem. Is like one comedy is very subjective, but so is horror. And horror is doing great because we, the people who are very good at it have been like, this is the breadth of how you tell these stories. Mm. And I think those guys I listed, I think myself, it's like, you, we're not making a joke. We're not like, it's not just butt jokes. You throw a bunch of other stuff in there too. You put jokes for everybody. You have amusing situations. But I think for me also, like the comedy is many way additive. It's like, here's a good story and here's great characters. And also yeah. it's a little bit funny, you right? So I'm like, let's not do, let's not say funny because I think it's a bad word. Um, and you know, it, it, you reach the point where you're like Chizadarsky, like no one's saying, "Man, the new Batman was hilarious," right? Like Daredevil's <laughs> so funny right now. Like you just don't do it anymore, and and you want to be sort of prepared to do that. Um, and I, I said I could talk at length, guys. Interrupt me at any point, but I hate this place. Was literally over the pandemic, they were like, "Let's not do a comedy book," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do comedy. It's not going to be funny at all. It's going to be very serious." And the thing is, is like, <laughs> like one, it is still kind of funny, but it's not near as funny as my other books. You know what sure. I mean? And yeah. So, I hate this place was great for me because it introduced a lot of people to my, to me. And it did it in sort of like the easiest, like here's an ease in, 
You know what I mean? And so people are like, it's really funny. It's like, yeah, it's funnier than all the, it's funnier than all the other books that you're reading, but it's not funnier than any of my books. Um, well, yeah, so we I just quit saying no, no more funny also is nominated for best. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was literally like, I, so I remember when the Eisners were announced and I'm looking and go, Oh, I hate this place. It got nominated, but it got for best humor publication. Now. Yeah, there was, there was, there was humor in there, but I, I read that book and visually, you know, it's a horror book. It's a sci-fi yeah. horror book. Yeah. And it's, so it's, I, wanted, I think it's a scary book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fucked up, but I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, how does that work? Like, how did that get nominated, you know, as a, sure. as a, a, an Eisner for comedy? Like, how does that process but work? Skybound has an employee, and I, I'm embarrassed because I don't know what their position is. Um, the name is Morgan Perry. I think they're in charge of marketing and re- I don't know. I think they're brilliant. And they were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit it for best humor publication because it'll definitely get in. And they were right. Um, I, think Morgan's, I think Morgan's really smart. I feel like if Morgan stays in comics, I think when you're when you're that clever, make there's better opportunities. But I think that if like, they stuck around, people would be like, "This is one of." I, I don't want to say something, but like blown spoke with people that. But Morgan's really really smart. Um, they were at Boom for a long time. Um, when when Boom got very good at certain okay. things, that could be acclimated, that could be attributed to them. Um, but anyway, no, they they were like, and I'm we're as at ALA this year, and they're like, "Yeah, I knew it would get, I knew it would get the nomination," and I'm like, "You're right," and. Huh. You know, like here's the thing: the year before, I had um, Old Head, Six Sidekicks, and something else, and I didn't get nominated. I'm like, these are the two, like these were the two funniest books of the year, huh. and we didn't get nominated. And it's like, what the heck? Um, so h- having someone at the publisher who 100% knows what they're doing and believes in something makes a huge difference. I mean, that's the answer to that. That's the real yeah. answer. I, I feel like see. if I don't get nominated for Best Eisner from something, or not for a humor publication. For Peacemaker, I mean, <laughs> where monster? I I think I put up banger banger stuff this year. It's like no, you did. I, I I would honestly like uh, I hate that it works this way, but also it's good when you get the opportunity. But like when you get to big two, obviously it can be you know career changing for everybody. Obviously you're doing stuff at Marvel as well. But man, like Peacemaker, we were gonna save it for later. But I read that and I was like, wow, like Kyle should have been writing Peacemaker like. For, I've never been a peacemaker guy really until like John. Nobody was. The character, right? Nobody was. But like Nobody you was. get, you have taken where like what has gone on there with James Gunn and John Cena, and yeah. you've gone and done it, and it's like holy fuck, like this. I need more of this. I absolutely need more of this. This is friggin' outstanding. I, yeah. I hope you get the opportunity to do more. I hope the sales it's reflected black, that too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it did. I don't know if that's. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I do know that I like DC a lot. I like that book a lot. James Gunn made a great character. Um, I would say the Peacemaker pe- people cared so little about Peacemaker that character like isn't even in Watchmen. All the other ones that they got are in it, and they're like, "Fuck the Peacemaker!" Like he doesn't even be- <laughs> <laughs> he'll be in it for five seconds. We don't even want to deal with this guy um, of those Charleston characters. But yeah, man, no, you know I tell this a lot, but I I was watching that show and and loving it because it's great. And uh, someone tweeted like, "Why isn't DC have?" a peacemaker series and why isn't kyle starks writing it and i was like oh my gosh like this is the first superhero huh. thing since i've been professionally writing comics that i went i could do that like i could do that really well i could do a really good job with it <laughs> and so i retweeted it and uh i was like hey call me he called me dc like haha and someone called me um, <laughs> which is not how it works um yeah but uh chris conroy and matt levine like took a chance on me and they let me pitch and they liked the pitch and 
Um, Steve Pugh is a, the perfect partner for that. I mean, I, working with Steve was a I've been so lucky with artists this year, uh, with Hervis on Marvel Unleashed, with Piotr Kowalski on Where Monsters Lie, with Fernando Passerin on this Wild Dog story. He is so good with Fran Galant. Fran is something different. Um, but Steve Pugh is exactly the type of person I want to do superhero stuff with because it looks like a superhero book. And he gets all the other stuff too. He gets like the, you can yeah. do emotionality and you can do humor and you don't have to be over the top. And anyway, it, I'm telling you, like it's perfect casting for both me and Steve, I think, um, Steve Pugh. Um, I, I, I sincerely believe, I hate saying, I hate blowing, I hate, <laughs> I think it's a classic. I think that book is a classic. I think everything and it's fun. It's yeah. It's, it's if fun, you like Peacemaker, smart, you should, I, this, I've been, this I've been saying the whole time. We and and, and yeah. Kyle, when we don't have um, we don't have a guest on the show for a week. We do our mainline episodes, quote unquote, and that's usually where Joe and I will talk about a book that the other one hasn't read. Sometimes we call dibs on each other, so that way it blocks off the guy from reading right, right. content for the show. Sometimes sure, it's books sure. that we skipped over. But this, I, I said it like if you like the show Peacemaker, if you liked him in Suicide Squad, obviously you, you should be watching the show too. But yeah. you should be reading Peacemaker tries hard it is exactly like exactly what you want if you enjoyed that character there 100 percent. it's because of your character work that's the biggest yeah. thing and that's the case in where monsters lie that's the case and i hate this place i'm not as vulgar as joe is contrary to what he tries to tell people and then honestly we get that here in yeah. kind of merrimack too and, and i'm curious like it's so, you know, obviously it's one issue you only have 20 pages i don't know if it was 20 or 22 or whatever the hell um but i think it's 22 22 okay think, but in so. in short order I'm like, I was joking a little bit before, like obviously I, characters, they should have bad shit happen to them, but I oh, yeah. loved these two characters right away. And then you create this little space that they're in this little, this little corner of their, their, the world that they're in, they occupy. And I'm, I, I love them. And you fleshed them oh, out yeah. just the right amount. And I'm curious, like for me as a reader, and I feel like Joe felt similarly, it just, it felt so effortless getting to know these two characters for you writing it, I know we've kind of talked around this in some ways, but was it that easy for you to flesh out these characters? I, for when you get, by the time I get to the writing stage, I generally know who they are. Um, I'm super type A, I don't live on the page. Um, I do a lot of sort of retelling, 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 and then, so I know beats. Then, then I have to deal with only logistics when I'm writing, which is usually the biggest problem. Um, like I said, you know, I hate the, I, I hate this place is, is a good touch point for me just because it was my first big sort of creator own book. Hmm. Um, I'd only been doing comics for who knows, eight years or whatever. Um, that's not right. I don't know how long I've been doing it for, but it's my, I mean, the issue one sold 30 something thousand copies. It's my first big book, but that is a, like, for me, like that first issue also a banger, the characters get introduced in a way. And that's the thing is like my, it's always for me is that. I, if I'm going to tell a story, I want to spend time with this character. And you figure out who that person is. You know what I mean? So Parker could just be a husband that works at a sock factory. But it's like, that doesn't interest me. And maybe there's a way I go, oh, no, he has to work at a, if If plot-wise, he has to work at a sock factory, I'm still trying to figure out how to make him interesting to me in a way that I, I need him more than just as a plot contrivance or whatever. Um, so I think about it a lot. You know, in coming up, Gabby and Trudy, something about them as individuals and something about their relationship to me was so magical. Um, there's certain, sometimes I fall into that. Like you find, um, fuck, I'm gonna say, fuck Tarkington and Dave from Assassination. Like, <laughs> I think I could write those guys forever because they're interesting to me both as individuals and like their relationship is so pure and um, just really, for me, like really enjoyable to be around happy functioning relationships. Now, 
listen, we love people who hate each other. Um, when I did Six Sidekicks, one of the characters' name is Terry Komodo, and everybody hates him. He's super unlikable. I like that too. I love Terry Komodo. Um, but I really, there's something about making two characters that are engaging and likable. Um, I just really enjoy. I just really enjoy it. And um, it's going to fade. Like I said, I'm writing a book where the main characters are serial killers. You're not supposed to like them. You're not supposed they're not likable, but they're kind of likable because you have to spend, you know what I mean? Like, I want you to want to be around this book, but um, I like there are shows that sort of famously, I was say like, you know, Six Feet Under, where it's like, oh, they're all unlikable. Isn't that fun? It's like, it's not, I hate that. I want to have, I want to enjoy watching their story. Um, mm -hmm. And so I kind of, like I said, I make the thing I want. So I don't know if heart is interesting. The story is like you form, like you build them all at once. Um, but there is like, I'm not writing that. I'm not thinking of that dialogue. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not planning that out. And when I get the moment, it's like you go, this is the moment where they say something nice to each other. Let's make it something I think would be cute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it just happened. But who they are um, pre-exists. And, and in that manner, they're a little one-dimensional because they love each other. They, there's nothing, there's not, a, there's not a hitch. You know what I mean? There's not like a, there's no gimmick there. Like they just really like each other. They really enjoy each other's company. Hmm. And they're like, isn't that nice? Like, I think it's nice. Yeah. It's like, well, where's the dramatic implications? I'm like, I don't know. They have to fight bikers and there's a missing girl where probably something terrible is going to happen. Um, <laughs> and the, the dramatic implication is how, what do they do? Like, what, what if Parker's in trouble? What is Linnea, a normal, basically normal human? Yeah. What she do? Like, that's what interests me. If Parker finds something he can't fight, you know, that interests me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, totally so makes sense. Taking yeah. care of likable, I think, is number is my sort of number one priority. Um, and even with, I, I'm actually working on a pitch for sort of a big secret thing where they are, the characters, I want them to be unlikable, um, but unlikable in a way that it's still kind of funny so that you kind of want to be around them. Um, that they're just mean or hateful, even though you can still be mean and hateful and be, I mean, the Grinch is iconic, right? Like, we, sure. so there's a way to do it, but it's like, I still like, I, I want them to be an awful person, but an awful person I still want to be around. Um, and you, that's what you figure out before you start doing the pitch, because it, whatever sort of solution you have to that is oftentimes a story element. And so then it changes the story. Then you're doing a story. So I kind of try to do both. The characters first exist. Here's my story. The characters exist through certain things. Um, Parker is an MMA, MMA fighter. There's a reason for that. Uh, uh, what am I messing up? Trudy and I hate this place was a survivalist. There's a purpose for that, right? But yeah. then what's then? So they exist to, to move a story forward. Now it's like what's interesting about them. That is where I get to sort of sort of play around a little bit and have like free form in terms of like developing them. Um, yeah, that's yeah. it. Just you know, I want you guys want to be around them. I want to be around them. That's that's the best kind of story. We all like yeah. that, right? Like we and all then, and then you bring Trudy's father into it, right? And you really hate that guy. God, yeah. he was awful. Yeah. <laughs> he was you, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the sort of Stephen King school of like, is, humans are always worse than monsters. Like no yeah. matter how bad your monsters are, yeah. the humans are always worse. So uh, uh, I'm blanking on characters, the, the hitman who's in the first arc and then Trudy's like, they're just normal people. Oh yeah, that the guy. Worst, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the fake uh, employee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, you know, being a writer and an artist, right? I'm always I'm always yeah. fascinated with this, you know. So when you're when you're writing a book, when you're when you're coming up with the concept of a book and you've got you know these ideas uh, you know for this world, uh, you know, and these characters, I I'm sure you've got a very specific 
idea and vision uh, for what they should be. When you're when you're working with an artist like Fran or, or, or Piotr, uh, is it is it Piotr or is it Peter? Like I how do you pronounce? I don't yes. know. It's Kowalski. It's Kowalski. It's Kowalski. I I we I ran into our colorist at New York Comic Con. I'm like, is it Piotr or is it Peter? And he's like, ah, it doesn't matter. And I'm yeah, like, it doesn't okay. matter. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, think, I, am, I think people don't really say Peter, but I don't think that's right. I don't think that's yeah, right. So. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm constantly butchering names. But yeah. so, so how, like, how much freedom, you know, do you give to the artist? Or, or do you like to give notes or do you just say, here's what I'm thinking about this character? Go nuts. For character design, usually not a lot, but that, that varies too. Um, I, for where monsters lie, I, I had, I drew pictures. I drew bad pictures and um, and it's like, oh, this is kind of what I was thinking. But, you know, Peter changed a bunch of them enough in ways like they were really interesting um, for for this book. Like, you know, I just basically describe what they look like. It, it really varies for stuff like that. There's certain things. I'm Like I said, I'm really type A. Um, I'm really type A about story and I'm really type A about clarity. And so the thing with co- is comics are collaboration. So if I'm not drawing it, you know what I mean? Like th- there has to be a gray area for me emotionally and for sure, like character design, like for the most part, what, unless it's, unless it's story relevant, what's it matter? Who I, what, how much can I really care? Um, and there are certain things like that. You just try to go, it's fine. Um, I, I, because I'm a cartoonist, I see things visually first. But I see them at the level that I, as a cartoonist, am able to see them, right? Hmm. Um, and that has limitations. Uh, I, so there's some things you go, that I, can't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't draw it. I, I, I could not draw where monsters lie. And I couldn't draw it because there's a, there's, I, know, I knew there was a scene that was in that book I wouldn't be able to draw, which is a giant dog jumps out of the shadows. I can't draw that. I knew I couldn't draw that. So you have to relent this. And, and almost, I, I like writing further. I, I don't like collaboration. Um, I've been really lucky with artists, but I also like getting more stories out because when I draw it where I'm fast, it's again, it's like what it, it's not going to fly off the shelves. It's not Fran Galan. It's not, it's not CPU. It's not Fernando Passer. And it's not these great artists I've worked with where you go, Whoa, what is this? You know what I mean? They'll be like, why does it look like an idiot drew it? And it's like, Oh, cause an idiot, an <laughs> idiot drew it. But like, I see things, I see things visually. And there's some things I know that, I mean, I could, I, I get better every year, but it's better for me that Peter Kowalski draws where monsters lie because that's perfect. It's better Steve Pugh draws Peacemaker. And even Steve Pugh, Pugh was like, I would have liked to have seen you draw it. He's like, no, you wouldn't have. Like, it's so <laughs> much better this way. And that's not like that's not always true. I have a couple things where the, uh, you go, ah, the artist could have done a little bit better. But they're small things. They're small. They're not serious. All my, I've been, I've been so lucky. Like, I've been so lucky. Everyone's a, everyone for me has done a, a, like a killer job. Um, and if there was ever an issue, it wasn't on the page, which is the most important thing. Um, but so, you're right, though. Pew had the right the right vibe for Peacemaker. He's perfect. Really. And P- yeah. Peter's perfect for Where Monsters Lie. Yep. This this guy Fernando Passerin, who drew this Wild Dog book, like I can't say enough. Like unbelievable. Uh, Hervis on Marvel Unleashed like doesn't make any sense. He's way too good to be drawing dogs and birds. It's insane <laughs> how good he is. Uh, I've just been really lucky, but I I am very Type A. Um, I do do thumbnails. I don't always send them. Um, uh, I I do because I, I found like to to get my rhythms. I still need to kind of draw the book, panel wise, and it's like the difference between me and any of these artists. Like I, if you look at anything I didn't draw, there's probably if there's seven panels in a book in a run, 
it's once or twice. I try not to give more than five or six panels because they're working and it's my story. And while we're making the story together, it's like they're doing all the heavy lifting. And I know that I wouldn't want to do a lot of heavy lifting for something that I wasn't creatively sort of a part of. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of take it easy. Whereas like, look at a Kyle Sparks books. There's eight panels on every page. I'm insane. Um, but there's certain things like I love beat panels. Like I love, and that's from, from Giffen and Demetrius. I love when someone says something and then there's a panel of someone just going, because I think that's hilarious and it says so much and the, and the beat says something about a character. And so it yes. is like, you know, it is a lot of me going, hey, repeat this panel. Repeat this panel and change this one thing. And I know that's not a lot of fun for guys, but it's like, that's part of my aesthetic now. And I'm sort of leaning into it, but you, it's really, I want to find that gray area. So if they're like, hey, what if, what if he has wings for eyes? I'm like, do it. You know what I mean? Like, what do I care? Unless he needs to see something later on, unless it's like really important. So you try to find that gray area. I try not to nitpick, um, but I am very type A. and as long as it's clear what's happening, it kind of doesn't matter. Like what's, that's really the most important thing um, is that it's clear what's happening. And because of that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to guys be like, oh, let's get weird with them. Like, I don't care, like do what you want. I would just draw them friendly by the side. Um, but that is a challenge, as a cartoonist, it's a challenge. I think there's pros and cons because generally, because they're artists, they're sort of seeing the same thing that I wrote, you know what I mean? But there's only like three ways to do it, you know? Three good ways to do it, probably. Um, one day I'm going to have someone who's going to be like so good. I won't even know how to write for them. I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> no, like, what, do what do you want me to do? Like <laughs> that, That'll be an, an interesting yeah. day. But the last question that we had on Pine oh, and Merrimack. Okay. Well, on Pine and Merrimack, I do have a couple where monsters lie questions. We're not yeah, letting you off that easy. Yeah. Um, but, but with Fran, the, his, like, again, I saw his art style and I was like, it's, his stuff seems familiar. I can't place it. And then I looked up, I was like, Lucky Devil. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. We, Joe and I love Lucky Devil. But the other thing too, and I don't know if he colored that book. I believe he, he may have, but I didn't look into it. But his coloring here is striking. And again, where you talk about how this is like um, a slow burn, it's like, well, you have good dialogue. Obviously, like Fran is like his line art is good, and then you have so good. characters, but then his colors really set the tone from scene to scene. And it, yeah. really, it really like that was one thing like I didn't expect coming into this issue. Coloring, uh, Joe and I have talked about it more and more over the past year, I'd say, and it's really starting to enhance um, our experience. Yeah. Paid attention to it more, and, it, and I think that plays a part here. Did you know he was capable of that? Like, did you expect that when you were starting to get his pages from him? Well, he he colored his creep show book too, so okay. I I was pretty stoked that he was coloring himself again, and I, I'll tell you, I I know his he had said his intention going into that book was to do something simpler and faster, but and I'm I'm not make I'm not like putting words in people's mouth, but when someone says something cool, you repeat it. But when he read the first script, he's like, no, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it I'm gonna paint it because it's so it's so he wants to be the best. Oh. Again. And it's like that's what you like that's awesome, but it it would have looked pretty good no matter how he drew it. I think. But uh, his color is great. I'm getting pages for issue two. Uh, they're really great. He does something that um, Chris Schweitzer, who, again, I'll mention a lot. He drew Six Psychics for Keaton. He did my Harlequin story. He's colored almost all of my books that I've written or drawn. He does the same thing where you it's the palette dictates scenes, and the palette also sets an emotional tone. And Fran does that, too. And it's so additive if someone does. To me, it's a way that I just really enjoy coloring, where you can see the the page color lets you know where you are mm. and it also like it sets up an emotional tone so seeing fran do that on top of his already you know excellent and creep show was like one is colored but he didn't do the same thing because there's not scene changes so much it's just a different 
um, is very dark and is very atmospheric. Uh, he's dude, he's so good. I I I say sincerely, I I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now he's on Batman. I mean, I don't know, whatever, like some huge independent book. Um, hopefully, it's my huge independent book because we have another yeah. book we want to I want to do with him really badly. Ooh. Um, uh, hopefully with Boom, but you know, you never know how that works. But I, I really sure. like Fran. Uh, everyone who I've worked with this year, I I will work. I would work with again, um, and that's true of almost everyone I've worked with. Because I mean, Erica and Chris Weitzer are like dear friends of mine. Um, you know, I'll work with them over and over. Obviously, if I could, but it's really like it's been sort of like for me. And each year's been better for me. I would have said the same thing last year. I've been mean, look, look how good all these artists are. But like this year is like the best group of artists um, of my entire career. And it's hard to imagine like there's probably another level. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's another tier of, like, really crazy good artists. But I liked all these guys. Um, Fran worked, like, Fran has a lot more leeway than I would give most people because I think he's doing something unique. And he knows what he's doing. Like, there's sort of an art. This, is, this isn't a discussion anyone needs to have, all right? But there's, there's sort of a thing. Is, is the artist the director or are they the director of photography? Are they shooting the shots you tell them to shoot the best they can? Or are they actually dictating? The and I think it depends on the artist and it depends on your how you work together and the collaboration and blah, blah, blah. But it's interesting to be like, if we were going to break this into movie, like if we were going to break this into yeah. sort of movie tones, like is their job to get the best shot or are they telling the story, right? Because I wrote the story. So what am I? I'm just a writer. I feel like, because I'm telling you the shot. Anyway, sure. it's complicated. It's a complicated thing. So for yeah. Fran, for Fran very much, I'm like, like if, if I don't want anyone to ever change my story because I wrote it for clarity and for a specific reason and these beats matter. But Fran is sort of like doing his own thing and it's great. And so like for Fran, I'm like, this is great. Would work with again, Steve and Fernando, Fernando on Wild Dog somehow saw what I wrote. Like I, we saw the same things and that's a dream partnership. It'll always be what I want it to be. Right. And it'll always be good as, cause he's so good. And, and I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> so it'll always be good in this way that it will always be the exact thing I see. Um, but you also want it to be collaborative and Steve Pugh is very much that in between. Like he, he did, he put his own spin on it. He did his own thing in terms of sort of like the, the performances of the characters. Right. So I don't remember what the question was. Well, <laughs> go ahead, Joe. I answered uh, it. I answered it though. Yeah, you, you did. You did. I so, so two things I want to mention about Fran's art, cause we talked about colors and we just sort of talked about, you know, storytelling through art. Right. So like you have your script, you have your story, you know, you want to tell, and you've got this, this, this beautiful relationship between Linnea and, 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 and Parker, and, and you get that through the dialogue, but you also get it through the way that those characters look at each other, right. Yeah, it, through, through so Fran's good. art. And then, you know, when you talk about, you know, again, like using colors to, to evoke, right? Like I'm looking at the last sequence of pages here. So you've got that, that whole action scene in the bar uh, where the colors are very warm. They're very vibrant. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's violence there. You know exactly what you're getting through again, the line art through the dialogue, but also through the colors. And then, you know, the last page you have these very cool, you know, dark yeah, blues so and purples. And it's, it's a very sort of depressing, you know, yeah way to end a book right and that's that 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 pulls you in so that that contrast just between those those couple of pages they're they're a 180 from each other but they they, they tell yeah so much and throughout he's, he's no dialogue yeah. yeah he's he's just unbelievably i mean he i think he's like I, I again i i could say it over and over 
I really, I really think he's he's on the cusp. He does storytelling stuff. Um, I could go at length on this. He does certain storytelling things that are so subtle. And like, I don't think if, unless you were a cartoonist or if you like were really, I don't know if you would notice like the little stuff he does, but he does like little tricks. Um, the one I talk about a lot, which isn't this book, um, because no one's even creep show. I wrote kids are talking in their, these four, it's basically kids on bikes and vampires, right? And these four kids are sort of talking in their room about how they're going to get rid of this vampire. And the, the, the first panel is an above shot. So you're looking down on them because one's laying on the bed. And he's throwing a baseball up and they're all sort of talking hanging out like kids do and the next panel he turns it to a profile shot and the kid catches the baseball so you see the you like it's you follow the angle that you're supposed to see as a viewer that's very subtle and very smart storytelling and i nothing's accidental with that guy you know what i mean and like that's what yeah. you want that's and so, exactly yeah and so i he i'll tell you i'll tell you he like those montage pages i didn't write those as montages he wrote those he did that and they're so good and, and he does wow. the thing in that he does the thing in that which you probably won't even notice in the first one there's like a solid square and then in the bottom the next one there's another he balances it he does little stuff like that and it's so like you can't i can't write that for him i wrote what's in the montage but even so it's like he's like oh but if i if i did this thing i'm like oh well let's get rid of some of it you know what i mean like let's we don't need to see this doesn't have to be there we'll let's do your you're doing a thing and I hate that, but it's so good and it's so beautiful. Why would I not acquiesce to that? Yeah. If you're doing it at a level higher than what, and, and he does, there's a lot of that. There's, there's some stuff that he reduced panels in the second issue that I don't care for, but now I think, Oh, maybe he's going to do this every single issue. He's going to basically montage elements. I'm like, that's dope. Like if he's just deciding this is the montage page, there's no panel borders. Um, I'm like, that's cool. Like yeah. I didn't think of that. I never that was thought a big of that. part of the, honestly, that was a big part of like how you introduced us to the characters. Yeah. That was, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah to and do it, it as a montage, it would have been just a series of panels, which I think would have the same effect as a reader, but there's something about how he did it in these sort of beautiful montages that mm -hmm. elevates that idea. Yes. He's really good. I really think, I really believe, I, 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 I hope we get to do this next book together. I hope because I hope he's happy with where he's at. Uh-huh. And you know, you're when you put out a good book, you get opportunities if you were good to work with. That's sure. just how it works. If you're a good artist and everyone like, how was he? Like he was great. What do you mean? He's great. Yeah. You're not you're gonna get more money. Like the, the price tag is gonna go up. And generally, whatever publisher you're with isn't the one who's doing that. Generally mm -hmm. speaking, right? So like I hope we could do this next book and then I hope we could do another book after that. I, I'm I, it's really nice to I always thought I'd be doing, I mean, I'm sure we'll be doing books with Schweitzer forever. We did Mars Attacks, we did Six Sidekicks, we did Harley Quinn. Like, there's certain guys like, oh, I, I hope I'm kind of tied to them forever because I like them and I like their work. And this year, it seems like I found like four of them. You know what I mean? Like, like I work with these guys over and over. They're great. Fran's good. Fran's art. Like, I said, we were like, at the very least, come and check out his art. So I have a plan for what we're going to do with this. Um, but for those who, uh, just a reminder that we started this all off, make sure <laughs> you go and pick up pine in merrimack and make sure you're looking for everything else from kyle on the shelves anything that's out in trade form right now uh peacemaker tries hard i keep seeing that the hardcover is coming out in february -ish? i have no idea is it a hardcover okay. i'd be stoked if it's a hardcover that's what no it idea. says on league of comic geeks and that's kind of where awesome. joe and i go by until we hear from you know from publishers but either way yeah. kyle thank you so much yeah, you've got a lot me. more in the hopper and can't wait to hear more about it online yeah awesome guys thanks so much thanks for letting me talk about basketball for now like yeah. nick's just like i'm out all right we're yeah. done So you may have noticed at the end of this conversation, Kyle thanked us for letting him talk about basketball for an hour. Well, we went on for quite a while 
talking NBA, all of Kyle's takes, so much so that we're going to be releasing a bonus episode of our conversation with Kyle. That'll be out on Monday for you guys coming right at midnight Eastern time. Make sure you check that out if you're a basketball fan. It was quite the time. Kyle had a lot of takes.